0: Everybody. I hope you're doing amazing. Feeling great. It's super super sunny down here in Pensacola. It's still winter time, but it's like it's it's like 80 degrees outside. It's wonderful. Those those are the def, definitely the best times here in on the Gulf Coast is going to be like spring and fall. Those are absolutely the best times. Uh, this episode is episode 11 uh, with my friend Shelly Cosman. Shelly is a retired US Navy air traffic control senior chief we met about seven years ago at a conference and she was one of those people where whenever we met it was like oh my god I've known her my whole life and possibly before that uh, we just we just became like immediately really good friends um, we talk about things such as parenting in the military um, going on deployments uh, kind of the mindset required to do that and We also talk about uh, mental health, personal mental health, and then kind of in a way to to destigmatize the idea of, hey, going to a therapist is bad. No, going to a therapist is good, and having to deal with this stuff is good. You know, you're not always going to be 100%, um, and that's totally okay. And I think that's a conversation that, especially in the military, isn't um, talked about a lot, so... It's near and dear to my heart. I know it is hers too. We kind of get dropped right into the middle of the conversation because before we were BSing about a lot of stuff or whatever, but then, uh, we kind of get dropped into it. Um, just talking about how, whenever we are young and how it's okay to do all this risky stuff whenever we're young, just to get you caught up on that. Um, that's it. Thank you for sharing. Keep sharing. Sign up to the newsletter. Look at the Instagram. And that's it. Thank you for listening. And here's the episode. We all I think we always do that when we when we think about our past selves, you know? Yes. Like we're su- we're supposed when we're younger, you're supposed to do well, I don't say you're supposed. To. It's natural to do this sure. stupid shit, right? <clears throat> yeah. And I think there's a there's like a physiolog well there's a, there's like an evolutionary like reason for that because yeah. when you're younger you're more risky, especially when it comes to like like males. Like this is I know I read a book yeah yeah I read a My book son's thirteen yeah you got it right and like you're it's all this it's this like especially when he's, he's like thirteen and when you're like you're older teenager and then younger twenties it's like it's this. Thing where you're trying to impress female this puberty thing goes on. Yes, you're to impress females,
1: right? Like your feathers are brighter. You know what I mean? Like that's what it is. So-
0: yeah. I'm I'm braver than everybody else. Watch yeah. me do- back in the day. It was watch me beat these guys' ass, or or watch yeah. me like hunt down this thing, brave, and then now I'm coming back, and then now we're gonna mate, and we're gonna you know that was procreate,
1: that- and yeah. and I'll drag you by your hair to the cave. Right, because I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to do so. And she's like, "Yes, yeah, I love that. Yeah, let's do that. I love you. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. That that was what it is. But unfortunately, those like mechanisms they they haven't left our fucking brains. You know what I mean?
1: We still do that shit. Well, and the fact that you understand, like Matt, right, my husband. So he'll go and ride his bike. He's got a, he really can't leave the neighborhood. He can go anywhere, but he can't leave the neighborhood, right? It's a pretty big neighborhood. He's got to stay with his friends, whatever. And he was talking something about the pipes and Matt looked at him and said, uh, stop talking. And I'm like, well, he was telling me a story. He was like, he told circumnavigated me completely, just went around me and told Eli, if you ever want to go back to the pipes again, Do not tell your mother where they are and stop talking. And I was like, where are they? And both of them, nope. So later I said, Matt, seriously. And he's like, nope, I'm trying to protect this kid, you know? And he's like, no, he's a boy and he's fine. And you won't think so, but I know that he is and let him go. So, so I you, still have no idea. I have no still idea. I have
0: no idea where the pipes are.
1: But I know that to get across the pipes, that you have to, you can't take your bike and it's, they're like water pipes, I guess. And they go over this like water Creek thing, not like a raging river, but we're in South Carolina. So alligators all day, you know, or snakes and all that stuff. And to get across it, you have to scoot yourself. Yeah, okay. Across these pipes, and that's what they do.
0: Hmm. Nope. Did you not do that stuff when you were a kid?
1: Um, I we had my grandparents owned a farm. It was a tobacco farm, and they used to send us out there during August during harvest season with machetes. So me and my cousins are like taking a machete these like tobacco stalks and whatever, and we used to go into the barn and the hay. Uh, the, I don't, oh my gosh, where they kept the hay in the top of the barn Okay, and there were snakes and stuff up there. And we would walk down in the holla and make rock slides and lose our shoes and have to go on these steep hills to get our shoes back. And at Christmas time, me and my cousin Clark, um, he, we would go to the pond. He's my age. We go to the pond and we thought it was frozen. We thought the pond was frozen because we threw a rock onto the pond and it did, you know, it was fine, right? whatever. But the, which is really weird. Now that I look back on it at the beginning, like the leading into the pond was um, not frozen. Hmm. So, but there was a tire there. So I said, Clark, get on the tire. I'm going to push you to the more frozen part. <laughs> so I pushed my cousin into the pond halfway frozen pond in West Virginia. He was like, but it wasn't deep, right? So we get him out. We take him back out. We got in so much trouble and he got strep throat. And I've never been forg- forgiven.
0: You guys, he still he still holds it against you?
1: I don't think he does, but everybody. Remember when you pushed Clark in the pond and he got strep throat? Like, dude, we were nine, maybe ten. Not old enough to be let out of – your site on two hundred and fifty acres. What were you let? What were you doing? Hey, we're gonna go down in the hollow. Okay, have fun. It's my parents' fault.
0: <laughs> but that I don't. You know that kind of stuff is. It's what you do when you're kids, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's that, also the on guy? deployment. <laughs> also on deployment. Apparently, like like that kind of shit. I don't know, man. It's just it's it. You have to get it out of your system because can you imagine? not having having done any of that wild shit when you're a kid and then the even wilder shit when you're a teenager and then the even wilder shit when you're in the Navy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Twenty. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we, we look back now, not that we're old, but uh, you still look back on what you did when you were a kid and when you were yeah. a teenager. And you're supposed to look back and say, I think if you did the right way, you're supposed to look back and say, I was, that was stupid.
1: Right. So now looking forward and moving forward, let me not be so dumb. Cause that was stupid. There's more discernment there in situations, right? Like you play good idea, bad idea.
0: Yeah. And as you get older, it's not that you're not any fun. It's now your, your risk is way more calculated.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Like it. I want to do this thing. You know, I want to jump off this high cliff into this, what other people are doing it. They're like 20 years younger than me. I want to do it, but all right, let me think about this for a second. But
1: Do I have like, early onset osteoporosis where I'm going to break a bone?
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, we're not, th- I mean, maybe you, but you know, I mean, you're so, again, I think that's the, that's the normal. And then, but here's what, here's the trick though. Like you're talking about your son, your son's 13. And then you, you're, you have a daughter too.
1: Two of them, 10 and almost nine.
0: Okay. So that's the trick is like, is like, you're like, all right, I know what I did when I was younger and I was wild. And I, and mm-hmm. I know what the right, like, this is what people do. That's just what yeah. people do. So then you're like, well, what do I allow them to do. And what do I, what do I, what do I be cool about? And then now what am I? Well,
1: and I think it's so, I think it's so much different though, because I don't know how to be a 13 year old boy. I was never a 13 year old boy. Right. So I don't understand that, but yeah. Matt understands it completely. So I kind of use him as my, um, my baseline. You know, if he says it's fine, I'm probably not comfortable with it, but it's probably fine. You know, cause he yeah. did it and he understands that now with the girls, it's a bit different because they're not quite old enough to do their adventures and they're not interested in going across the pipes. You know, they just want to go outside and play with the laser tag guns and play hide and seek and tag. And they're not, they're not interested in like exploring the world, you know, outside of their friends and kind of right where they are. I give them a closer boundary, obviously. One, because they're girls, and I think that's fair. Um, two, they're just not old enough yet. They're not there. And they're fine with it. They have no interest in going around the whole neighborhood. They're like, oh, yeah, no, we'll stay right here. It's fine.
0: Do you think that that even as they grow old, grow older, you'll be a lot more... I don't know, like lenient and like understand. Like you'll be, like, if they do something wrong, okay, yeah, you got to let them know. But like, yeah. you know what I mean, do you do you think that you see yourself being a little more lenient and understanding with
1: some of the stuff they do? Um, or? I think so. I I want the relationship with my daughters to be open and. Tra- transparent, like on a healthy level, right? Like they're children and they don't get the burden of knowing everything and they don't get the burden of knowing why. And I don't want them to have to shoulder every concern that I have mostly because of my anxiety. And some of it quite frankly is not rational. Right. So, um, I give them the why enough, but I don't know if leniency is the right word. Okay. I think I'll just be, there'll be a lot more communication. Okay. You know, my dad always told me, he said, you know, you, you're going to have to learn the hard way. And I don't know how old I was when he realized this, or we had this conversation, but he said, you, I, I tell you when I tell you, and you do it anyway, and then it hurts. And you're just going to be the one that has to learn the hard way. And I'm okay, I'll be here when it hurts, but it's going to hurt. And there's that. And I think that's how I am with the girls, right? Like I can tell you the why and Eli too. I can give you all the reasons why not to. If you still choose to do it, I'll be here for you when you fall, right? Because I'm not going to be like I told you so. Just say, right. okay, what did we learn from that? Where do we go now? You know? Because I get it. I get it. You got to try it. I get I've done it. I get it.
0: Those. Li- I think those lessons, like the hard way that you're saying there, I think it's. that's the – for a lot of ways, that's the best way to learn. It
1: sticks. I think it sticks the most. Yeah. You know, because if you just listen to somebody's why and you just listen to someone's experience, like, I never want to go through that. You don't, you might not, but me, I was like, well, that's not going to happen to me. Like, their result is not my result. Even if it is the exact same result, I have to see it for myself, you know? And that conversation with my dad and knowing that I have to learn the hard way. That when it starts to get difficult, I would question, like, is this the hard way that he was talking about before it got so deep that and too far gone that there was, you know, not no recovery from it, no way out like drug addiction. Right. I did drugs when I was a teenager before I joined the Navy. And then hearing that conversation in my head that I have to learn the hard way and hearing stories about what really happens, you know, at the end of that, I was like, I got to go. Cause I got to learn the hard way, and I think that this one's not good. So, you know, I joined the Navy and left three weeks later. I mean, I went to a recruiter three weeks later. I was gone because I was like, no, no, nope, now gotta go now, gotta go now.
0: Yeah, or else I'm like, back so- out or do something stupid. Exactly. So is that so? Is that like the? I mean, I think the learn the hard way thing is something. That, um, because I, my dad, I remember my dad telling me the same thing. <laughs> I mean, is that something that's all like always sticks with you or always stuck with you, even like in the Navy too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then did you yeah.
0: like distill that or instill that? Of, of people I
1: mean, I don't think that. I've had to, I think we're starting to have that conversation with Eli um, because he overnight went from, you're just yelling at them to keep their rooms clean to now there's like real world problems, you know, like peer pressure, And girls and sports and what it means to be good at those sports means sacrifice and hard work, you know? And so I think we're just getting to that point. The girls aren't there yet because they're learning the hard way is you're going to throw a fit and you're going to be in your room for the rest of the night because you're being disrespectful and there's no talking you out of it, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like real world issues yet. Nothing that's going to affect their whole future. But Eli's at the point where like some of the decisions he makes could affect the rest of his life, you know? So,
0: yeah, And I probably now you're totally right. But you remember too, when we were, when we were teenagers, like do. you never, you know, you don't even, you don't think about it that, like that because you don't have the,
1: yeah, your world's this big. It's this big. That's it. Like there's... Yeah,
0: your world's this big and <coughs> you, th- you are the center of it. That's right. You know? Everybody so,
1: does for you, you know. You go to school and that's your job, and you come home and someone has dinner for you. If you have to cook it yourself, that's fine. It's something easy, and you know you're chauffeured around everywhere. And it's what's the big deal? It's true. So,
0: do you do you uh, do you think so? Like your time in the how, how
1: many years did you do? Twenty years and two months.
0: Do you think that? Um, Well, I'll I'll I'll, I like this. Do you see your role, especially when you were like in you were on uh, before you were in South Carolina? Which you were on the ship. Which one? You're on the Ike. Especially in that role, because that was the latest, or like that was the yeah the latest. You did an like an operational. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So like all all of your time in the Navy and everything's accumulated. And then like, as far as leadership goes you and your personal stuff, Oh man, sort for of sure. Accumulated that. Thing. That was
1: the biggest, I would say that had the most effect on my leadership skills and my personal skills and coping skills apps. A hundred percent.
0: Do you, did you see yourself? And maybe it sounds like a weird question. I don't know. Do you see yourself as like, you had to use like, A lot of stuff you learn like as a mother as well you know what i mean in that role or 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 no some people say yes but i i don't know yeah i would say
1: no because leaving my kids in 2016 was the absolute very most hardest thing i've ever had to do in my whole entire life so Mm -hmm. when i did that i had to to cope i had to shut that part off Mm -hmm. like i wasn't a mom yeah. Because I wasn't mothering my children, right? Like Matt was, right. he was all of it. Yeah. And I shut it off because if I didn't, I would not have made it through. I wouldn't have been able to leave. You know, I wouldn't have been able to walk away after I dropped my kids off at school that day. I wouldn't have been able to get in the truck and go to the ship. There's no way. So no, I don't think mom is the right sense. I think what I used for those sailors, and I love them so very much, all of them is I was just transparent I was myself and if I was having a bad day I would go and be like hey I'm in a bad mood if I yell at you it's me not you so just be careful don't come at me with some dumb shit because I'm not in the right mental place right now to handle it rationally quite frankly so if you have a problem oh my gosh I will fix myself and we will handle that problem. But if you come at me with some fucked up paperwork, my reaction is going to be irrational, just so you know.
0: Right.
1: And they were like, yep, got it. Also chief, go take a nap. Also chief, go work out. Or what can we do to help you with it? You know? So it was just really transparent. And I think I didn't want them to have to learn the hard way. So I would explain consequences or I would explain maybe over explain how a situation was going to turn out because of my Navy experience. But, um, yeah, we just, I, I was, I always told him I'm your ride or die. I'm your ride or die a hundred percent. And I stuck to that because that was my goal for them. Like I'm your ride or die. And if something happens and you tell me, I'm not your savior. Right. And if you do something that is beyond my help, well then what's the next step? So I'm going to walk you through DRB. If you get kicked out of the Navy, what are we doing then? What's right. your plan after this? Here we are, you know. Yeah. If you get stopped in the pee by anybody and you get corrected, your very next direction is towards me and tell me cuz I'm going to hear about it. Right. You know, so that's that's what I that's what I did. I was just honest and open and passive aggressive and sarcastic and it worked. So
0: do you think that how did you know, like, how did you learn, or I guess, how did you know <coughs> you, you had to turn off, you had to turn off mom? Yeah. Right. Is that something that you just knew you had to do? Or you figured it out for yourself. Somebody like helped you out with that advi- or, you know what I mean? How did you know, like, I got to turn this off because if I don't, then this is going to be,
1: I don't, it wasn't advice. Um, cause I don't think I would ever would have taken that advice, you know? Right. Um, it was more of an instinct. You know, when I was leaving, my son was five. I think, let me think back 2016. He, he was, yeah, he was born in 2008. So he was seven. He was going to turn eight that December. So he was seven and he was fine. As long as I promised him, cause I could explain to him, he was seven. You know, and I remember being seven. So that's kind of my gauge on parenting, right? If I remember being that age then I'm going to remember what my parents said in certain situations, I'm going to retain that information. And I remember being seven. So I told him, Hey, but I got to go for seven months. I'm going to war. We have weapons. Cause I never said going to work because I didn't want him to think for the rest of his life that when I went to work, it means I wasn't coming back. Okay. So I said, I'm going to fight the bad guys. And he was so concerned. He was like, do you have weapons? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you have a sword? I do. I do actually. You know what I mean? So, it was, so there was that. And as long as I promised to buy him the biggest Lego set that he wanted when I got back, he was like, cool. See you later. And that was that. Um, Abby was three. So she wants to remember, but she doesn't. She was like, I was so happy when you came home. I said, you weren't, you asked to play on my phone was like the first question you had for me. You (laughs) fake cried because the other two were crying. Like you don't remember, which was why the timing was perfect, right? But Lauren, um, she was four, almost five. I missed her birthday, her fifth birthday, actually. We left on June 1st and her birthday is June 25th. So she turned five. And the teacher had to pull her off of my leg And I'm walking away and she's screaming, mom, I need you. Don't leave me, mom. I need you. Don't leave me, but you don't have a choice. You can't be like, oh, okay, great. I'm staying like, there's no option. So I think in that very moment, I could have, um, turned around and told her like, I'll be back. I could have done anything, but it wasn't going to help the situation at all because you go from. You know, I'll be back. There's no comforting there. You know, I'm not coming back for seven months. So there's nothing I could have said, nothing I could have done for her to make it easier. So I just turned around and walked away and got in the truck. And then that's when it just shut off. And I remember walking onto the ship and, you know, we had to be, Liberty expired at nine. And I think we were going underway at 12 or one or something. I don't remember, maybe three, whatever time it was. And I remember walking across the prom like, hey, let's go. Don't care. One o'clock. Don't care. Let's we got to go now because I'm here. That sucked. Let's go now, yeah, yeah. you know, and so I just went to birthing and cried with my friend Stephanie and we cried and, you know, then I, then we left.
0: Yeah. And then you get into, like you said, you get into sort of this engaged mode because you have you have to do something to. Yeah. To- To get your mind off that stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. And just not thinking about it and doing other things and really putting all of your energy and your focus into your sailors and the mission and not coddling them, but all right, what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we doing it? Let's go. Okay, that didn't work. What's next? How do we fix that? Like, let's let's do things. You know, so that's what I did.
0: Did you find it – was it easier for you to do the long – Like, as far as like, you know, being a wife and being a mother, like, is it easier for you to do the, like the long deployments and you go away and you stay away or was, or was it easier to do the ones where you're like out for two weeks, in for a week, out for a week, you know, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, which one did you, um,
1: I think it was all the same because the whole time I was on the ship and like, thank God my marriage lasted, right. Because whether you're gone for seven months or you're in for two weeks out for two weeks in for three days out for a month. You're not there. You're not present because there's no way that you can be gone from your family for two weeks. No, you're only going to be home for five days or a week and then gone again for two weeks and really engage. Right. Because you still have to go to work every day. You're not just home for a week where you're home on leave. You know, you still go to work every day. And what can you get in those five hours in the evening And two hours in the morning, that's going to make up for everything you missed in the past two weeks. And I'm not talking about events. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I think the thing that was the hardest for me is when I came back from deployment, my mom, my sister brought my mom down to surprise her because I came home a couple days early and she asked me where the salt was and I lost it because I don't know. I don't know where the salt is you know, hey, I want to take the girls shopping. What size do they wear? No idea. No idea. And I, do you have eggs? How many eggs do you have? No, no. Like that was the hardest. And there was a point where, you know, and I never, so I never like contemplate ever in my whole entire life, never contemplated suicide. Never going to do it. Not going to do it. The world is better with me. A hundred percent. If you've met me, you know the world's better with me in it, hear, hear. but I wanted to move out when I got back. I thought that my family's life would be better if I didn't live there because I was making it difficult. I was making Matt's life more difficult because I couldn't help him. And now I'm sad I can't help him. So now he's going on like, you know, I I'm still on deployment because I can't help him. Hey, because I can't help him. But now I'm also making it worse because I'm being emotional, and now he's sad that I'm emotional. Right. You know, so it was just like, let me just get an apartment. Let me just get an apartment. I love you. We'll stay married. I don't want to leave you. I love you too. But this is making things more difficult for our family. And I didn't see that that would stop because you come back from deployment a month later, you're going gone again for two weeks.
0: Right.
1: You know, so that, that was awful. That was awful. So it's not the missed birthdays. It's not the missed holidays. Yeah, that sucks. It's the little things that were the worst.
0: Yeah, like the normal life stuff that you had. Every life, day. That you felt disconnected from.
1: What do you put in their lunches? All right, make their lunches. What does that mean? What's their favorite meal? I have no idea. Yeah. So that's what's tough.
0: And then you, like, one thing that I always found out, like, whenever, <clears throat> whenever I... Would come back from deployment even now you know i'm Mm -hmm. geo batch but like um they have a routine like our spouses have a routine and you want to come in and you want to be this integral part of it's your family this yeah you you want to be part of of it for sure yeah but it's like it should be the most natural thing in the world and yet you feel that you don't belong there you know And then, and yet also they have this routine and you want to be, you want to add to it and you want to whatever, but you also don't want to fuck up the routine. Right. You know,
1: or make it worse or cause, you know, any sort of disagreement or fight or point of contention. You know, if this works, this works. And I might be thinking I'm helping, but if it causes a point of contention with anybody, you're like. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. You know, I guess I'll just not do anything, which isn't the right answer either. It's not, (laughs) you know, I guess I'll just sit here, Yeah. you know, which doesn't help. So it's really, it's about, it sucks. It's because there's no answer for it. There's no, you know, we get the counseling before we come back and we get the talks, not even like one-on-one counseling, just the conversations. Like you can't go back and be like, Hey, nice to see you. Let's have sex because they, you know what I mean? Because it's not, there's, there's so much more to it. Right. So, but you don't get the, you know, and they say, well, it might be hard to go back into the routine and it might be challenging, but don't give up. But the emotional side of that is more than you can't prepare for that. Nobody can prepare you for it. Um, and I don't care how many times you've done it.
0: Uh, almost. It almost seems like the more, the more you've done it, the more you're sort of like desensitized to it, you know? Yeah.
1: Which that's bad too.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know I mean like like detach like that kind of detachment. Yeah. That, that's that's bad too because yeah, you have to. Yeah, it's like you expect there to be this switch.
1: Yeah, and that's not the case. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's not it's not the case you can't at all. Do it.
1: And then you have to learn how to fight again, like with your spouse. Which is like you have to learn how to argue again because listen, for me, if I don't want to hear it. I, now I have this ability to shut off. Now I have this ability to emotionally detach from my family. So if something's happening that I don't like, and I want to say something, but your reaction to it is something I don't want to deal with and <laughs> done. Right. We're not going to deal with that. We're not, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing this. And it really had to be a conversation. Like, Hey, we have to, you got to fight me on this. Like this has to be a conversation. This isn't one of those, you know, I don't put the dishes in the dishwasher arguments. This is like a fundamental, you know, core value discussion. It's disciplining our children or it's rules for our children. Like we have to have this discussion. You don't get to just shut off. And so I had to relearn how to not shut off. Right. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're so used to being in this other, this other environment where you, you, where those kind of emotions and those, those kind of things don't have any place. Nope. And then now you got to go back with this, your, your intimate partner. And those are absolutely these, those profound emotions are absolutely, that's the thing. Like that's, that's the thing. And yeah. yeah, And you, and you've been, you've been, you're like a robot. You you know what I mean? You're just like, you know, and then now all of a sudden you have to like have these things again and you're not you you forgot how to do it. Yeah. Practice.
1: Yeah. And also it's not natural and it's frowned upon, you know? So now you're saying that you have to go home and you have to be this person that you have to be to make any relationship work, but then you have to turn around and go to work where you got to, it has to be a daily thing and it's exhausting, exhausting. And it, I really feel like it is the root of my severe anxiety. I really do because I, now that I'm not in a position or not in a situation where I have to shut down. I don't shut down, but now there's anxiety about everything. You know, if I leave the house or go out with my friends or go on a girls weekend, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I was gone for so long and now I'm back and I've been back since we were gone 2016. And then the, you know, after deployment underways, and then with my last job traveling all the time, If I went anywhere, I was like, oh, I don't deserve to go anywhere because I don't want him to feel the pressure of having to do everything with the kids because he did it for so long. Mm -hmm. So I need to be there. And if I'm not there, does he remember how to do all this stuff? He took care of those kids, not just for seven months on deployment, but for a solid five years. When I was at the schoolhouse, when I was on deployment, when I traveled before COVID, he raised those children. I was in and out and he just did, did it, you know, we had help, but he was, he was it. Right. And so now if I want to go somewhere or go on a girl's weekend, I just think that he completely forgot how to do it. Also, I feel bad that I'm asking him to parent his children for two days while I'm not there voluntarily. Right. You know? And so that's just where it comes from, I guess. And Anytime I'd have to leave or travel or do anything or I'd be gone for too long, I'd freak out and have a straight anxiety attack just because I have to go home. And it was to the point where I would call my supervisors and say, if I leave tomorrow morning, am I going to miss anything? And they're like, nope, you can go. Great. I have to go home right now. And I would call and change my flight and leave, if not that night, the very next morning, because I just right. I had to go home. Right. So...
0: And then, I mean, all those experiences and all those things, like we, like I talked about the culmination of everything you did, like in your career and life. And then you, you did that when you were on the Ike in the 2016 time yeah. frame. like you, we still carry those yeah. emotions and those experiences and the bad stuff and the good stuff. Like you, you have them in you now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's hard a lot of times to like try to like like you said, I think it's great. You're extremely aware of it. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. And I mean that's honestly that's not I'm not gonna say it's half the battle, but it that's that's a huge part of it. Because you yeah. know you know yourself. Like even like you were saying when you were talking about the sailors, uh, and then yeah. you were like, listen, today I'm having a day, you know? I think that's great, and there's not many people that will do that sort of thing because at least, you know what I mean? You're like you said, transparency and at least people know, okay, this is where chief's coming from. You know what yeah. I mean? And now I kind of know how to, to interact with her as well. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yeah, but even, even still now, like you said, you get these, these um, echoes of, of those feelings that are still yeah. inside of you and yeah. You, And you're having to like, you still work them out, right?
1: Yeah, you have to. So, you know, I think we talked before, I think everybody needs to shrink. Everybody needs to see a mental health professional for sure,
0: because they're licensed.
1: And and the, the big part is, is someone who's licensed to tell you that's normal. And these are some ways that you can cope. Try them and we'll talk again in two weeks. You know what I mean? Because you think and you get in your own head and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not normal. And here in Charleston, I don't have any military friends. All of my friends are civilian, all of them, which I love because I've never had that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But to really see that they don't understand is tough, you know? And then that gives you anxiety. Like, well, what if I go, what if I'm crunk Shelly? You know what I'm saying? What if I'm like, Hey, I'm in Italy. You know what I'm saying? You're about to get Dubai Shelly, right? <laughs> Just because that's my mood and that's what we're doing. What's their reaction going to be? Yeah, Is, it gonna Is it too much? And then I wake up the next morning like, and that was too much. And now I have no friends. And no kidding. Like that was the thought process. I remember I went to a retirement um, in November and I was so, and it's the first time I'd been around military in a while because of COVID and because my terminal leave and because of all those you know, things where I'm working from home and my, all my friends are civilian. It was the first time I was around a group of not just military, but air traffic controllers. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got out of my car and I walked onto the premise, I just like, I felt like I could breathe because mm-hmm. even if I lost my mind that day, it'd be fine because they get it Yeah, and I could wake up the next day and be like, all oh, right, bet, right. No, no judgment, no big deal. Cool. And so you need those people around you, right? And those are the people that you meet, especially in our field, you know, because air traffic. I mean, but everyone thinks their job is special, which of course it is, right? But when you have the physical uh, requirements for our job, when you have the mental requirements for our job, when you have all of those things and the experiences that we've gone through, I mean, you can't, no, there's no question, right? There's no, those are your people. And that's it. That's why I cannot talk to you for a year. And then you call me, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Tell me your deepest secret. You know, like, what are you struggling with? Tell me about jumped out the window. I'm here for it. Right. You know, yeah. no question. Not that you did, but I'm saying, you know, and so I just think that that's just, you know, what we do. And it's always going to be like that.
0: I think that's a super, I think that's an awesome point. I, I remember talking with my wife a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about something. And you know, again, we're I'm Geo Batch, right? Yeah, and, then, and have in that whole communicating, you know, communication thing is, is yeah, hard, it's super hard. Yeah. But I remember, like, you know, asking her about some stuff, and it because so she's a flight attendant, and then like uh, I'll tell you, went under, yeah, um, and then, um, so I was asking her about stuff like that, but like. We were just having a little bit of a discussion and, and she even said the same thing she was like look I can like I may not tell you a lot of this stuff yeah. or you know whatever but you know I talk to other people that are in my same yeah line so of work
1: mm-hmm. and
0: or and, you know the same like pilots and then like other flight attendants and I talk to them because okay. those people understand kind of what's going on and she said she was like I don't talk to you I we don't talk a lot about light like, air traffic control or about deployments and yeah. stuff like that. She was like, cause I don't, I don't know about that. And she was like, honestly, yeah. I don't really yeah. expect you to, to like, she was like, yeah, we could talk about it, but uh, there's nothing that I can do for you. And that's, you know, at that point talk with like somebody like you, you yeah. know what I mean? Or like yeah. Dave or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because we, like you said, I think you put it perfectly. Like we, we understand each other. And because we've all gone through the same shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think. um...
1: But I also think it's important. So, you know, we talked before, like I went through like about a depression probably a month ago Mm -hmm. and. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. Um, Again, never went so far because the world is better with me in it. Um, But just sad and just unmotivated and. Everything I thought I was and every opportunity I thought I had as soon as I retired wasn't there. It was, I expected people to know that I retired. That's like where my ego was at the point. Like, I, without putting it out there, I expected for people to know that I retired.
0: Right.
1: That's ridiculous, but it's right. where I was. Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah. Reba. Come here. Reba. Here. Come on. Come on. Come here. Let's go. Come on, come on, good girl, good girl, goodbye, good girl. But yeah, I just, I mean, I just expected people to to know where I was in my life and then the opportunities were there. And when that didn't happen, I went so far as to think that, well then everything I've done in the past 20 years, especially the last four years with every, all the briefs and all the people I know and all of the things, why don't they want to give me a job? Cause they were all telling me the last four years, like you retire, call me. I got you. Turns out nobody had me and it's not personal. It's just where they are. You know, at the time it's all about timing, which now I understand because I'm in a better mental state, you know, but at the time I was like, okay, cool. Like be nice to me while well, I had some say, and now I have no say. And you pretty much tell me to go fuck myself. And now I'm here and I'm retired and my terminal leave is over. I'm not going to have a paycheck. And you just told me to go fuck myself awesome and i was just sad and i was felt that i was a joke and i felt like everything that i had done in the past 20 years especially the last let's say 10 was worthless it was nothing and now i'm just gone and now the phone calls i get are, do you know who your replacement is i have no idea who my replacement is going to be you know in my position and then i just was like oh my gosh there i was you know, so now what? And it was tough and it sucked. And, you know, once you once you realize kind of what you're going through, because I would go back and I was sitting there like, what is wrong with me? Like, what's going on? And all it just it popped in my head, the PTSD slash depression questionnaires you get every time you go to medical and all of those answers, except the very last one, because it's a hard no. Right. Um, it was all a yes. It was everything was just a Yes. And my friends would text me and I wasn't texting them back because I don't want to be mean. Cause I'm going to be mean. Right. So I don't want to do right. that. And also I don't want you to ask me what's wrong because I'm a lie and I don't want you to know what's wrong. And we're not doing, I'm not doing that. You know, I don't want to talk about it. I'll be all right. Cause right. We're always going to be okay.
0: Right. Like
1: I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And finally when I was, I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, and I talked about it with a couple people. Um, I think more importantly was my husband. Right. Cause he didn't know. He didn't know. Cause he goes to work every day and my kids go to school every day. So I have eight hours to be sad. And then as soon as they come home or as soon as I have to go pick them up, I'm fine. Right. Fine. I am fine. I'm not sleeping, but I'm fine. You know, I can't breathe half the time, but I'm good. Right. As far as you know, I'm good. And as soon as they would leave, I would just be sad. And then they'd come back and I'm fine. Right. And I wasn't, but you put on that front because you don't want anyone else to realize it. You don't want anyone else to have to deal with it because right. now not only are you sad for whatever reason, but now you're bringing somebody else down and you don't want to do that. Right. You know? So it was awful. It was awful.
0: Yeah. I totally, I totally feel that whole thing too. Like, especially like you're saying the, you know, um, having to put on this, like when they're home and then like, I'm fine. But then, you're not sleeping and then the the other hours of the day. Yeah. I totally feel that. But did, so you said that was about, yeah. When we talked before that was about a a month ago. Yeah. It was about about a month month ago. Yeah. And then what, I guess, what do you, what were the steps that you recognized it? And like, you're, you're like helping yourself kind of like climbing out of that.
1: Yeah. I think, um, well, I know for sure that God really helped me out of it because I don't know if there's any way that I would have been able to do it by myself. Um, I recognized, um, I recognized where I was. Um, so maybe that questionnaire does do some good, even though I'm not going to tell you the truth. I'm not the doctor, first of all, because then I can't be an air traffic controller anymore. But anyway, um, I was just, you know, I kind of realized where I was and the Bible says, God says, cry out to me, cry out to me, you know, and I just was literally one day I said, Hey, I'm crying out crying out. Here I am. Crying out. Right. Cuz I didn't know what to say. Like I I've got no solutions. I've got nothing and I'm just, "Hey, I'm crying out. God, I'm crying out. You say cry out. I'm crying out. Here I am crying out." Right. And it was just, you know, and I just the next morning, I got up and I said, "Okay, well, you know what? Let me go to the gym." I haven't done that. Let me go do that. I like that. All right, well, now I'm not getting these air traffic control jobs that I thought I was going to get. I know other people, other people have asked for my resume. Let me send it to them. You know, my neighbor, she does mortgages. I have that resource. Let me pursue that. There's other options. My identity is not in the Navy anymore. My identity is not an air traffic controller anymore.
0: Right.
1: You know, my identity is not my identity is in Christ. It's not as a mom. It's not as a husband or as a wife. It's Hey, all right, cool. Let's go. And just having something else to pursue and having a goal and having a focus really just, all right, well, let's do that then. You know, let's go. And it was funny when I was talking to my friends because they were like, oh my gosh, you should have told me. I was like, I won't tell anybody anything.
0: Right.
1: They're like, well, how will we know next time? I'm like, you won't, you won't until it's over. And then I'll tell you that I felt like shit and now I'm fine. Right. Like, well, that's awful. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's just how it works. You're not going to know.
0: It's true. It goes with that thing that that people say, you know, the whole, uh, you never know what, what kind of battles people are, are, are fighting. Yeah. Even though that's a cliche, but the thing about cliches is a lot of times they are true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's huge, though. And all like you said, everything that you're saying, it's like everything that you did all your experiences and then all these and all these things and like you're talking about the identity of being an air traffic controller yeah you know for the longest time having to mark no on these questions and we No,
1: while you have a headache you know what i mean (laughs) all of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) like having to having to always be like the answer is automatic no yes and that's not because it's not happening it's because if i say the wrong thing Like, my career is fucked. Yeah. Like, do you
1: have a, is there a history of heart problems in your family? My dad died of congestive heart failure. You know, this was back in 2015, right? And I'm going through my dad, my upchit was in August and my dad died that December. And I knew he was dying of congestive heart failure. And the question on the upchit is, is there a history of heart problems in your, nope. Knowing he's like dying of congestive heart failure, right? With a pacemaker. No, no, he's fine. Nope, no history. Nope. Yeah, we're good. So crazy. Yeah, like,
0: like like we talked about before. Like we know as far as physical, like physiological, like problems, but also mental problems. Yeah, I guarantee you, more than half the force are walking around with something that they don't want to report because it's it would be a problem for them. Yeah, and, you know, and instead of changing some side, some, some kind of legislation or whatever, you know what I mean? To help out with this. Like it, again, it, it creates the stigma before, just like we said, mm. that, that having a shrink is something wrong with you. Right. You know, it, it, it it allows that to continue, which we know that that's not necessarily the case. Like you just go on to right. talk to somebody
1: but, yeah, then it, yeah. but then you have like the pendulum swings like hard the other way, right? So now let's say, okay, now we recognize this is a problem because for the past 10 years, they've been pushing mental health and pushing mental health and pushing mental health, right? right. We know that that doesn't apply to us yep. because if it did, we wouldn't have a job anymore. However, that can't be addressed because then there'd be nobody. Cause then, okay, well now that's not going to affect your up chip, but then you have a panic attack on position. You crash a plane. Well, it's because you couldn't let that affect your up shit. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Like it's just something that, and the, and the Navy, they, they say like, Hey, your health is more important than your job, which is true in life, but that's not true for you right now. Right. You know, that's not true for AC one, whoever, Yep. That's not true for senior chief, whoever, right. where they have, you know, potentially 10 years left on their contract and they're well on their way to make master chief. They're not going to say they can't be in air traffic control anymore. Cause that's done.
0: Yep.
1: So there's no, there's no, I don't know. It's just.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know the solution either. I mean, just give
1: me yeah. disability for it. I made it through. Acknowledge it. You know, right. Tell me you're sorry. I'm good with that.
0: Right. I forgive you. What do you, if you were in the position to give people advice for that, like about that whole thing, what, what, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Um, so you have to, you have to talk to somebody. And I actually know for a fact that when you go to mental health, if you tell them that you are, um, in, a rate or a job that requires an upchit or requires certain specifications like nukes, controllers, pilots, they have a whole separate classification that does not unqualify you. So they can mm-hmm. say, Hey, um, you have severe anxiety, or they could say you are a category, whatever, which will keep you, but you still get to go talk, you know? Okay. Um, and then really just be honest with your feelings, like really be honest with what you're going through Tell everybody else you're fine, but really kind of take a minute and find out if you're fine, because you probably aren't, or you might be, but really be honest with it. And if you're not honest with anybody else in your whole entire life, be honest with yourself. Right. And you're going to see how that translates to being honest with other people, just like the ship. I've worked with people that they're like, Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then they're, you know, abusing their power. And then you find out that you know, whatever's going on at home or whatever's going on in their brain. And there's, you know, you just got to be, you got to be transparent. You got to be honest with yourself. And that's going to turn you into the kind of leader that you need to be and that they need you to be, you know, like, Hey, I'm not okay right now. I'm sorry that you might need me right this second, but I'm not okay. And that's something that, you know, my psychiatrist told me, he said, listen, you want to be fine for your family, but your family knowing that there's moments that you aren't fine is so good for them. Like, hey, I'm going through something right now. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to explain it, but I'm going to need you to make a pizza for dinner. Right. And I'm just going to need you to leave me alone for a few minutes. Hey, I need 30 minutes. I'm going to take a nap. I need for you. And I, I've i done that recently. And my kids are a bit older. Like, they're small, but they're not, you know, tiny children. Right. And I'm like, hey, I'm, and I'm in a mood and I'm not doing great. I need for you to do your homework. You empty the dishwasher and you make a pizza or whatever you're going to do y'all got to take care of it. I'm not, can't do it right now. And they're like, yep, got it. Not all three of them. One of them just has to get it because they'll direct everybody else, but you know, so, and they take care of it. And then I come out like, Hey, how are you? I'm better. Thanks. All right. Do you need anything else? Nope. I'm good. Let's rock and roll. Just communication and honesty. And, and especially with yourself and you can still be strong, you know, that's still strength.
0: I think that's amazing advice. Thank you. Yeah, that helps me out big time too. Oh, good, yeah. good. It does. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like we talked about, I go through some similar stuff. So for me, that that's like that's huge. So even what you're saying, what your psychiatrist said, I think that's that's you, you can't be honest with anybody, right? At least be transparent, honest with yourself. You know? And yeah. You know, yeah. Yes. Yes. Is, is this like? I may have said it last time, but um, it's that whole idea of like treating yourself like you're, like you're there, you're you're bet you're you are your best friend, you know, yeah. having this like third, like this perspective that yes, you're here, but you're also here yes, and you're you're looking here, and you're like, yeah. hey, dude, like you're what are you doing, like you know, maybe that's not the right approach or right. They're, you're overthinking again, you know, maybe you need to just, cause we all have friends that do that. Right. If I'm, if, if you're if I'm being honest with, with a friend or whatever, and then they'll, they'll say, or they'll look at me. It happened a, a couple months ago with me where they were like, I was just sort of stewing, you know? Yeah. And she was like, yo, get out of here, you know, get out of your head, you know, get, get out of your yeah. head, dude. Knock it off. Yeah, and it's good to have these people that care about us to do that. But then, like you were saying, <coughs> learning to do that for yourself is like, it's a yeah, skill. and
1: you know, it's a, it's a thing. And I told, I told my shrink this. I was like, you know, he said, do you say mean things to yourself? I'm like, well, not really. But then I just think about every time I do something silly. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're an idiot. What are you doing? And then I go back and you know, fix whatever I was thinking, or oh, you're so stupid. What are you? And I'll just talk. You don't talk to your, your friends don't talk to you like that. That's why you're talking to yourself like that. And if someone else talked to you like that, would you be friends with them? Probably not. Probably not. It's true. You know, and just the overthinking aspect of it. And just, I mean, it's so much. And you just really, if you don't identify what's going on, if you don't sit down and be like, okay, what's it for something for real is going on. What is it? then it's just going to compound and it's just going to be this vicious cycle and you're never going to be okay. Cause you don't even know what okay feels like. Right. Right. So if you have to go talk to somebody, not your friend, you know, maybe your spouse or maybe a friend and be like, Hey, I have talked to someone. I don't know how to get this. So I gotta do something. I'm not saying commit yourself into a psych ward, although that would be lovely, especially with the pills and stuff. That'd be great. It'd be be awesome. Give me some of those. You'd make me a zombie (laughs) please. I'm exhausted, you know, Um, just, yeah, just be honest.
0: Well, I think it was like what you said before, like, yeah, it could be your spouse. I think it, I think your spouse deserves to know what's going on. Absolutely. But having a third party, that doesn't know you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. From, from from anybody, and that has right. this clinical knowledge. You know what yeah. I mean. Like having somebody like that that has no vested interest in you whatsoever, other than this patient, right? Patient professional sort of relationship is great. And also, there's another thing too that the, you're not always gonna. You, sometimes you have to go shopping for a shrink.
1: That's right? true. Yeah, like yeah. some
0: some people you connect with well. And others you don't, you know, and then you, that's the thing. Right. He's, he's not, well, and not- you
1: know, talking to my husband, if I were to tell him like, Hey, I'm freaking out right now. Um, he's amazing. And he would do anything to fix that. Right. Like he told me, he said, we'll get someone to clean the house. Is it too much for you? You don't have to make dinner every night if it's going to upset you, you know? And I'm like, no, I can clean the house. I can make dinner and I really can. So don't sit here and be like, you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Nope. Cause me doing nothing makes it worse. You know, so it's like you're trying to fix a problem that is just manageable. You know what I mean? It's not fixable. And in that moment, stop telling me what you think is wrong. When I'm telling you, I don't know what's wrong. I just know I'm sad or I just know that I can't breathe or I just know that what, you know what I mean? I know that these things are true and there's no fixing it, but here's where I am. And it's tough, especially for a spouse. They want to fix everything. And if my husband was set, I'd want to fix it.
0: Sure.
1: If he's tired at like five o'clock, I'm like, go to bed, whatever you go to bed. I'm here. You're tired. You do a lot. Go to bed. I'll fix this for you.
0: Right.
1: You know, so absolutely third party that, you, you know, we talked about the shrinks before. You just, Hey, you walk in and just start crying, which is 100% what I did. I walked in. And started crying with a mask on and snot coming out of my nose. Like, because I just felt so like, oh my gosh. Hey, I got, where are we starting? Yeah. My name is Shelly. What else do you want to know? We can start from 2007. Like, where are we starting?
0: Yeah. Can I get a couple bottles of water? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. That's
1: true. And they're great. All right, girl. Yeah, you got to go to work. Give a job.
0: Yeah, I got to do the thing. Damn you with your wine woman. Well, I love you, Shelly. I'm so happy you said yes to this. I love you. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to have more videos of you flipping me off and me flipping you off.
1: Listen, it's coming. Coming. Hi, Tyler's mom. Hi, random person in Japan.
0: There you go. Yeah. See, you knew it. You knew, Yeah. Those are my only two listeners. Yes. They're going to love you.
1: Stay awesome.
0: I appreciate all of your, all of your, your, your insight and all this. I think it's great. So, you know, I love you so much. I love you know, you we've, so we've hung out like.
1: In so here's person, the thing. Like, this is also something that I wanted to mention because I was thinking about like maybe what I would mention. I think something very special about, where we've come from and our job and our profession and just being in the military is think about the first time that we've met the first time that we met, we're sitting at a table and you were funny as fuck. And I was funny as fuck. And we just were, that was it, you know, it it, it was just feeding off each other. And then I saw you two other times, I think since then. And it's like, Hey, but you call me on a, you know, Tuesday at four. And I'm like, what are you, what are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> what do we do let's do it now like what's going on you know yeah, yeah. and it just is a testament to i think you because you're amazing you know and just our environment and what we're doing
0: yeah we just, we just sort of get each other you know what i mean we just sort of there's just there's people that you just automatically click with we were yeah. we were mated we, we were like maybe like needed from the same cosmic dough like, yeah, you're, you're just a little bit older than me, maybe, maybe barely, like a year, maybe. And then, like, they like, you know, when they were making your dough, I was sort of scraps. But then when it was time to make mine, they like, oh look, we had this dough that's been sitting here for a year. It doesn't have mold on it yet. Maybe that's a little good. bit. Let's just go ahead and take a knife and. See. Okay, now we'll make him. Oh, now you
1: know? we can have a nose. That's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was I- like. Yeah, I mean? and then, you know, and then we just, in 2015, just.
0: It was just like, like this. Oh my gosh, like, it was
1: so funny. Because even
0: looking at you, I was like, dude, we look like much <laughs> of siblings. Yes, yes, you know? yes. We both have like long noses. Yes, and like the whole, hair. our
1: profile's like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the dude from Beetlejuice. Exactly. You and know? I was like, I feel like this is like my sister. Who was it? Did I say something or did you say like what? Like tell real quick, tell the story.
0: I don't, I don't. I was sitting at a table
1: at the LTC in Pensacola.
0: Yeah. I came in late uh, because I don't know. I don't know. I was doing something. I came in late and then like it was the only chair that was open was yours. And it, you were all the way in the back, which is great. Cause that's what I like. And, and I was like, so I just sat down, and I don't I don't I don't know what I said, but I remember immediately it was I was either self-deprecating, like making fun of myself, or I was yeah. just commenting on the presenters and all sure, this stuff. Sure, sure, sure. And then we were and then you were giggling, and then like and then you would say something, and then I would giggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it was just like this whole thing. And it was yeah, like, and it was one of those, it was like the thing from Step Brothers was like, did we
1: just become best friends?
0: <laughs> yes. You know?
1: Oh man, it was funny, and I, I distinctly remember—I think you saying something, and I snapped my neck at you. Like that was funny, you know. Like I don't even—I just remember. I remember specifically doing that. Like yo, that was funny, and then it was just like, okay, let's.
0: At that point, it was just like boom. boom
1: yeah, boom, let's not sit next boom, to each other ever boom. again, or we're gonna get kicked out. And I just got pinned, so yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I can't, I can't do this.
0: Did you make it in fourteen?
1: Yeah me too. Yeah. Well then we both would have been in trouble.
0: Okay, and that would have been okay then.
1: Yeah, we should have done it.
0: Misery loves company, so we're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Getting off here.
1: All right, you're amazing. I love you so very much and thank you for inviting me and I would 100% love to do it again whenever you need whatever you need, brother, I'm here for it.
0: We will definitely do it again. I love you okay. too. You're amazing too and fucking rock and roll.
1: Shelly out.
0: <laughs> I don't have all right. I can't even do that. That was great. That was amazing.
1: Mic drop. <laughs>